What's up, everyone? Thanks for tuning in. Asian Bitches Done Under, a podcast about sharing information and perspectives from the Asian diasporas in society and culture. We encourage you to subscribe to our show via Apple, Google, or Spotify. If you have enjoyed our episodes, please support us by giving us a five star rating and get your friends on board to listen to us. Finally, we would love you to support this podcast by donating to our Buy Me a Coffee program. Your wonderful support and donations will help us to continue creating the platform for diversity and inclusivity. Make sure you check out the episode show notes for any collaborations we're working with to promote. Thanks again, and we hope you will enjoy today's episode. On this episode, we're very honored to have the amazing young writer/slash artist Kanako Okiron from Tasmania to speak about her life and work. Kanako has recently self-published her debut novel, Not Like in the Movies. The book explores the topics of teenage lives and vain ideologies in the current society. Here's our chat with Kanako. We hope you enjoyed it, and remember to check out、uh, the show notes to find out where you can get a copy of Kanako's book, not like in the movies. Well, I'd love to start by asking you, Kanako,、um, about your background, specifically,、um, what was your childhood like growing up in Hobart?、Um, well, Hobart is it's very small, so I. Everyone knows everyone, and、um, now it's a bit more diverse.、Um, but before, like when I was younger, there wasn't many like Asian people or people that look like me, like biracial、mm-hmm. people that I knew until I、um, started. Like I went to a new school, so、mm-hmm. my first school there wasn't many Asian people or people from other backgrounds. But once I got to my When I changed schools, my new school, there was a bit more diversity in things. So,、mm. and、um, is this is、yeah. this in a the inner city of Hobart or outside?、Um, I was born. Well, I live in the suburbs. I don't live in the city,、mm. um, but、um, I did go to school in the city, like a Catholic school.、Mm-hmm. Was it single sex? Yeah. Okay, yeah, because I, I've I've taught at single sex schools, and there is a particular kind of homogeny, I'd say,、mm-hmm. to these、yeah. kind of schools. Yeah, I think we should ask about her family as well. What's your background, and what's this? Like, what's your family like? Um. Well, I'm biracial. So I'm half Japanese, half Australian. My mum is Japanese, and my dad is Australian. So, um. Yeah, I've always been like、um, I've gone to Japan a few times because、mm-hmm. my p- grandparents lived there, but、um, because of COVID, we haven't got to go in like a、mm-hmm. few years now, so it's kind of sad.、Um, but because I never really knew my dad's parents because they kind of died before I was born, so I'm really close with my mum's parents and like my Japanese side of my family. I'm really、mm-hmm. close with more than、mm-hmm. my dad's side. Mm. And do you speak Japanese? Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's I great. can't really speak it, but I can understand because my mum always said, speaks to me in Japanese at home. So, 
Yeah, same with Helen and her children. Yeah, same Helen with- insists. <laughs> yeah, I insist, but only with my, my my first child that he can speak, you know, fluent Chinese. But it it is very hard. Yeah. What about your social circles? Um, are there? Do you have like Japanese friends, or do you have friends who have similar family structure or backgrounds like you? Um, I don't. I don't have any Japanese friends. I don't really know that's Japanese, but. I did know like some other biracial um, students in my class who mm. I was quite close with, like um, half Filipino, half white, or mm. um, I knew a Chinese girl in my class, and we were quite close. So um, I guess like because we were had the same sort of background, like that we weren't really friends with like uh, many white people, but because they didn't really like hang out with us so it's just kind of our circle was like that sort of is it because that you, um like have similar I, I guess i'm trying to find a word do you think because you have similar uh family values and perhaps because you're biracial because i found similar things with my kids as well they they tend to fall into the friendship who have very similar family background because you yeah, know, concepts and growing up, childhood experience. Mm, yeah, we didn't really like talk much about like our childhood, but I think we just got really close anyway and um, had the same sort of interests and mm. hobbies. Mm-hmm. And Konako, what are you currently in? Which grade are you in high school? I'm in year nine. Okay, and what is currently your favorite subject at school? Um. English because I just love writing um, mm-hmm. and history as well. And do you have writing. a do you have a good English teacher at the moment? Yeah, and tell me about your initial interest in your love of developing love of writing and creative writing. Um, was it a particular teacher who got you into it? How did it that begin? Um, I think it just it didn't really start at school. Like I was writing before I started school. Like it's always been like drawing and writing like mm-hmm. it's probably since I was like three or four like just anything I could use with my hand like write any like scribbling random stuff or um I've just always been interested in writing stories um since I was or well, picture books since I was like four mm. so um yeah I wasn't really influenced by any teacher but, um, mm. yeah. and did you get a lot of encouragement from people around you yeah yeah Definitely um, my parents um, like, um, keep on writing and keep doing what you're doing and drawing and um, my grandpa always loves my illustrations and he's always saying, um, mm. like, keep sending them to Japan. He really wants them into He always puts them up on his wall and it's really nice to see. Mm, that's so lovely. And um, I wonder how how much of your uh, an influence you feel you have when it comes to your drawing and writing from your Japanese side of your your background. Do you think that um, comes a lot from that culture? Yeah, definitely. Um, like, yeah, I guess from what I've experienced, um, being like biracial and stuff, and, what, and from what I've seen, like um, my mum has to like go through and her experience, like coming to. Australia and um, what she tells me about, um, yeah, just her life and stuff has really influenced me and 
um, I've kind of bits and pieces of that have gone into my writing for sure. Mm. I love hearing from, I loved to, when I, when we received your email, I got really excited. Um, I'd say generally the, the sort of more dive, the sort of, there is a lack of more representation from Hobart. Wait, sorry, and, and Tasmania. It yeah, sorry. Before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was just going to say, do you feel there is a lack of representation coming from Ho- uh, from Hobart? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, and why do you we're think getting that is? better? But mm-hmm. mm. why? What? What is it? Just the history of of that um, the settlement of that state. Why do you think there are? As long as you can hear me, Kanako, I wondered if you had any thoughts as to why there seems to be less voices coming from Hobart. Um, I think it's just, it, I think we have like a small, like multicultural, like um, Tasmania, there's a multicultural council of Tasmania. Um, yeah. But, um, and there's like a Japanese club um, association and a um, Chinese association. So, mm-hmm. but we don't really like, I don't think there's like a, space for like kids and um young people like of different backgrounds to like interact and talk about their culture so mm, i mm. think there's quite a long way to go yeah in that um like biracial people like me or um yeah people just who are born here but their parents are migrated to tasmania so mm-hmm. yeah because yeah. mm. we're seeing like quite an even flux of um like um, people from the mainland who are migrated to Australia because in Tasmania you can get permanent residency mm-hmm. um, and it's kind of more affordable than my Oh, aunt. interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. You mean like they, the, the permanent residency um, application is faster? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. How interesting. I think it's just that the immigration departments are trying to get more people to live in, you know, not Tasmania. the metropolitan yeah. Oh, yeah. So an easier process for, yeah, some yeah. migrants. Because um, I guess Tasmania, Hobart and um, Launceston, um, was Hobart still kind of labelled as regional, so <laughs> it's easier that way for, yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to move on to this exciting book that you have self-published, not like in the movies. Now, I first of all want to ask you um, where that idea came from. What made you want to write this book? Um, I was just, um, when I was younger, I was always like I've had obsessions and about things I've wanted to do and um, fame was happened to be one of them like when I was like 10 or 11 because I'm like I'm not super, I'm not shy but I'm not, I, I, I'm still I still talk with people but um I guess I like to imagine a lot of things and fame wasn't one of those things um um because I just thought it'd be a good idea to like be known and because I thought um a lot of things happened in my life I thought um fame would be the answer to fix those problems but mm. in the end it doesn't really do much and um mm. I really want to write about it because I think it's something maybe other people who've been in my situation might have thought about. Like, um, yeah, like I think to some point kids, it doesn't have to be about fame, but kids always have like a wish or a, some, a fantasy or something. 
mm, that mm. they like thinking about. Mm. Can you give us a brief um, overview of the characters and the storyline of your book to our um, listeners? So Zelda Mula is the protagonist of the book and she her parents are both Hollywood actors and the book is set in the second person as if she was being interviewed because she's being interviewed for a documentary and she's recounting her life and like all the difficult aspects of it and how life is not like in the movies because um she she had to go through a lot and um even though her life might look great from the outside um in reality she's just as struggling as everyone else who's not famous Mm, mm. and what was your path towards the decision in self-publishing that's quite a feat did you want did you set out to self-publish or did you try other avenues as well I did try um submitting to agents um Mm -hmm. but but like um I kept getting rejections and which is normal for any Mm -hmm. author to get heaps of rejections so um, I just kept improving a bit more with my writing first because the parents said um, you should probably write a bit more before pub- sending it over. So um, I kept writing and then my dad suggested self-publishing. So I went for that path and it was actually really good because um, it was a really good, um, easier process than I thought. But um, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, it's just really independent and you can do most of everything's, your, I guess, yourself, self-publishing. So, How did you start off? Like um, did you just, did you go through a course or how did you learn what the trajectory would look like in self-publishing? Um, I just did some research and had a look at um, a few self-publishing websites for my parents mm-hmm. to make sure there wasn't like, um, bogus ones, but um, we managed. We found Tableau, and it, I, I thought it was going to be really hard to like at first, but it's pretty easy to understand and um, follow. Um, they have like really simple steps on their website um, to help because I guess it's for anyone to do. So um, no matter if like um, no matter what you do, you can still like get um, publish your book, and um, it's for everyone. So. Mm. Mm. it's so democratic this process isn't it yes yeah and um are the teachers at your school are they very excited and do they are they proud of you do do you talk to them about it yeah Uh, it is at first it's kind of like um awkward but um yeah I think they know some people know about it but I don't think many of my classmates know so Mm -hmm. I I don't want to keep it like huge big news because it's like I mean it's exciting but at the same time I've just people my closest circle might know but that's about it yeah well judging from the I guess subject matter of the book and the character that you chose to center this story on I'm assuming Konako that you're a very big Hollywood fan is that right that's I, I still don't know, like, a lot of Hollywood actors and stuff. Like, was, uh, I still, like, ask my parents who's that or on TV. But I don't, like, watch a lot of movies or TV shows. But okay. I just because just the, I think I was just um, inspired by fame and the aspect of fame. Mm. Um, not so much, like, into the Hollywood, like, gossip and stuff. Not quite that, but I think it was just the idea of that I was really interested in. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah I, I really love that. And I'm going to lean into that. Sorry, Helen, I, I'm just going to lean into that, Konako. Um, I, I also share this interest with you and this fascination. Um, mm. And I wonder what your, why do you think um, the people who are famous are famous? Who are the people who decide what fame, um, you know, is, is measured by? What do you think about that? Yeah, it's a really interesting um, yeah, idea. Um, yeah, I've st- we, I guess we're still trying to work out what it means. Like, mm. um, Andy Warhol was always like fascinated by fame because he made the term 15 minutes of fame. Yeah. So because I was watching the documentary about it, but um, yeah, so it is. I guess it's something that everyone has always like, like question, like of money. If I had heaps of money or fortune or um, yeah, just a, a lot of things. I think go in mm. our life. We think about every day, and yeah, it mm. is yeah quite bizarre. Yeah, I was going to ask you. Um, the concept of fame has kind of shifted from you know in the past decades or so whereas our parents generation the their fa- the fame in their generation will be considered like from movies or radios and then from our generation just <laughs> and i will be like on tvs um you know dramas that we watch and perhaps like boy bands and etc mm. and now on to your generation we're talking about fans that the the famous the term famous is gradually um kind of shifting because there are a lot of um platforms that's coming out for example yeah not coming out i'm just saying that the platforms that's on internet youtube tiktok snapchat anything that mm. you know yeah. jess and i are not very familiar with yeah what do you especially think especially tiktok yeah especially tiktok that i'm yeah. you know um, just the younger generation, the way that they talk about fame is very different to the previous generations. And what do you think? Do you have any opinions about how that would kind of shift how people present themselves? Mm. Yeah, um, as a famous person. Really interesting. Like with YouTube and like TikTok, like anyone will just like post like yeah a short video of themselves like. Um, and in the hopes of like getting so many of his views or likes and um and I guess it's like what people used to call like famous for being famous. Like no one really like thinks about like what they just want to be famous. Like that's like their goal. Um and that there's not like people used to it seems like people used to be famous because of something like good or something that was really they were known for doing something that was like changing the world mm. or had a huge impact on people. Um, but now it's just like because of social media, um, everything's just um, taking over and people are wanting to just be seen um, as like a, a really strong um, people, like yep, among young people and my, my people my age just want to be um, admired and um because that's why so many people do TikTok and mm. things. Yeah. How do you feel about that personally? Um, I'm not a huge fan of TikTok. Like everyone I know loves TikTok, but and I like doing it at school, like in the bathroom. And <laughs> it's like, what? What's the point? Like, I, it, I, at the end of the day, it's just an app, and it could go at any time, like, um, or Instagram or any social mm. media at some point. It, they could just say we don't want to do this anymore and then just like it's gone forever 
So, um, yeah, I just think it's, it's kind of pointless. Um, if people like it, <laughs> I can't tell them not to do it. But mm. um, it's just like I guess people really enjoy that idea of um, like kind of, I guess, get, getting using the app and to get away from their own problems because I guess in my book, <laughs> Lavinia, um, Zelda's sister's like really obsessed with YouTube. She's a YouTuber and TikTok mm. and all the social media. But while Zelda's kind of like me, she doesn't really want to get into the social media and kind of is distancing herself from that. So, um, yeah, it is quite, and still trying to work it out. Yeah. yeah. And considering you're, you, you don't, you said you, before you don't watch a lot of movies and, um, do you, what is, what would you say your biggest artistic consumption is? Do you read a lot or do you consume a lot of art? What, what would you say is primarily your, primarily your biggest source of artistic inspiration? Drawing. I'm definitely doodling cartoons, anything. Mm. I think drawings always come first because it's just easy. You get a pencil, um, piece of paper and just start drawing. Um, mm. And then it'd probably be writing um, after that because obviously writing you have to find the computer or just write something and keep going with that. But with drawing it's just like so simple and you can do it anytime. Um, if, yeah. No matter how you feel, if you're feeling down, you can draw because it helps you feel better. So, yeah, mm. definitely drawing. Mm. And do you have any favourite artists? Um, I'm... I really like cartoonists, so like um, like New Yorker cartoons and Liana really Fink. funny, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Liana Fink is really good. Um, yeah, I've, I just follow a lot of like New Yorker cartoonists. Like, all, not like a, a, I don't have like a specific favorite, but just all those people or like political cartoonists and stuff because been really interested in politics lately. So mm, mm. Um, yeah. Um, when, I, when my parents at the newspaper, I always look at the political cartoon to see and try and work it out because it's quite fun, interesting. Yeah. yeah, maybe one day in the future we'll see your cartoons in the pages of the New Yorker. Yeah, <laughs> that would be a dream. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. And how about writers, Konaka? Who are your favourite writers? Um, It is, I really like... Um, Murakami is really good. Yeah, I've read some of his writing because we have like in the bookshelf. So um, I read some of his because my mum introduced me to him. But I also like philosophies books like um, The School of Life is really good. Oh, yes, Elaine de Bottoms. Yeah, his his writing is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I've really been getting into philosophy um that's kind of inspired like my writing like not like in the movies does have mm. some philosophy mm-hmm. philosophical aspects to it so yeah absolutely yeah. I'm so curious having you having such like young ferocious talent and so many different interests have you thought have you thought about what you want to study when you get to university if you do want to pursue a university um I, I guess people, listeners will probably be guessing by now, but um, right, studying literature or mm-hmm. philosophy um, and, yeah, just anything to do with writing or maybe journalism. 
would be mm. really cool. Like, mm. um, I'd love to like review. I, I like reviewing things, so maybe like a literary critic or something. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, before I ask Kanako some final questions about what to next, Helen, did you have any questions? No, um, I just thought that Kanako speaks so eloquently. She doesn't sound like a fifteen-year-old. And so many, in, yeah. like so many, My- kind of intellectual aspirations that I just can't even think. Uh, My 15- doctor said I I have the mind of an eighteen-year-old. Oh, really? I'd say young, like a maybe young, like a thirty-five-year-old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. I get that a lot. I think. Do you want to stay in Tasmania, Kanako, or do you think you want to travel? I'm dying to leave. (laughs) 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 I've always like, I always kind of like tell my parents, oh, I hate it here. I hope that's like there's nothing to do. So, um, (laughs) angsty teenager coming out. But, um, yeah, I've always like wanted to go like Melbourne or Sydney. I think it's such a cool place, but... My parents say we can't move there it's so expensive but um yeah maybe like university studying university there would be really cool yeah oh yeah definitely definitely yeah. well we'll definitely see you in the future in in the main city somewhere yeah let's go make for coffee <laughs> yeah yes of course yeah definitely yeah. 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 it's just been amazing speaking to you kanako and we look forward to more works that's you know right coming from your yeah, drawing incredible brain. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for having me.